Well, good morning and welcome to Easter Sunday. What a special weekend as we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today I have great news for us. Jesus is alive. He is risen and we get to celebrate the most significant moment that not only did he go to the cross, but he has overcame death and he is alive. And then my name is Pierre and it's my joy to welcome you to this uh, moment together this morning for Easter Sunday. It's been a great week, and I was thinking about Christ and what He's done for us. And we had a phenomenal time on Friday morning for our first gathering of 2021, and a little bit more about that in a moment. I wanted to just quickly welcome you to the service and, and just give you an overview of how today is going to work, and uh, then we're going to get stuck into everything that God has for us. First of all, if you're a guest here, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Maybe you're following on from gathering with us on Friday, and my prayer is that once again, you will encounter Jesus in everything we do here today. We are available um, at any point of time, so reach out to us if you want to connect with us. And um, this morning, we are in for some amazing moments. First of all, we want to take a moment and just celebrate what God has done on Friday with a quick recap video for those of you who weren't able to be there so that you can just see how God has moved in our midst. And then this morning, kids, we have something especially for you. Our team has worked on a special moment for you kids, so be ready for that. It's part of this service. You don't have to leave the room today. It's a family moment, so you can stay tuned. And then after the kids' moment, a moment of worship, we're going to open the Word of God together, and then right at the end, we're going to take communion. If you have not got the communion things together, don't stress. Um, you can actually hit pause for a moment, go and get it and come back. And if you don't have the perfect stuff in your house, a piece of bread, even some chips, and some water would be fine. It's not about the exact elements. It's about remembering what Jesus has done. So we will have communion at the end together in our homes as families. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to kick off this time together this morning by looking back to Good Friday and setting our hearts with expectation of what God is going to do today in our midst. So let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, that we get to sit around your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can position our hearts to meet with you. I pray, Lord, as we go from this moment through this service, that our hearts would be focused, that our hearts would be set on you, and that we would leave here having met with you and walking into the fullness that your death and resurrection has for each one of us. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. Jesus said, it is finished, and he breathed his last breath. His last breath in human likeness gave us our first breath in Christ likeness.
Jesus chose death and Jesus chose you. special morning to be able to be sharing with you all today. So Rosie and I have got the amazing privilege of leading you in our kids moment this morning and I know that we are doing this as a family today together so huge huge privilege for us. We hope that you have had some exciting mornings out there in the garden and that you've discovered some delicious sweet treats hidden away. Um, We hope you haven't eaten too many because we Um, can just imagine you jumping up and down like crazy little rabbits in your lounge. But um, yeah, we just want to share today um, um, something that is on our hearts. And and yeah, just what a privilege to share on Easter Sunday today. This is the most incredible moment um, for us as Christians to be able to celebrate. What a powerful, powerful um, thing that Jesus did on the cross for us. And um, so... We had, East, we had Good Friday on Friday and um, all gathered together at Lawrenceford. And on Good Friday, we really celebrated the cross and the beauty of the cross, the power of the cross, the victory of the cross, the amazing, amazing cross that Jesus laid his life down on for us. And this cross is, a, is the symbol. It's a famous, iconic symbol that we see all over the place. And what does it mean to you? That's the question I want to ask you this morning, is what does the cross mean to you this morning? And, you know, in a bit of discussion, Rosie and I, as we were preparing, we were just talking about how the, 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 the cross um, symbolizes this amazing exchange that happens where Jesus took, um, took the sin of the world and he exchanged, he exchanged freedom and he exchanged um, exchanged in place of, of giving us forgiveness and freedom and grace. And so, Rosie, if you think about what the cross means to you, and if you can picture that I am Jesus and I have been on the cross for you, what would, what would be some of the exchanges that you would, you would ex- remember an exchange is something you swap. So I give you something and you give me something back. And that is exactly what happens on the cross. So what are some of the things that you give to Jesus and that you ask him to exchange for you? What, what, what can you think of? Jesus, can you just take my sin for all the things that I did wrong, for all those mistakes I made? Could you exchange that for something? Absolutely. And Jesus says, absolutely. I can offer you grace. I can offer you forgiveness. And I can offer you amazing love. And Jesus says, no matter what you do, because of what he did on the cross, because he took the sin our sin, and he, and he put an end to it on the cross. He says, I can offer you abundant love and grace and forgiveness. Can you think of something else? Jesus, can you please take my loneliness when I feel like I don't have any friends and I'm all alone and I don't think I'm good enough and I, and I, I feel like in a bubble. 
Absolutely. And I'm sure many of you can relate to feeling like that. Sometimes you don't feel like you fit in. You feel lonely. You don't feel like you have a special friend. Um, and that's something that many people struggle with. And so Jesus can say to you, absolutely, I offer you a sense of family. I offer you a sense of belonging. And he welcomes us into his family and accepts us just the way we are. We don't have to be somebody we're not. He accepts us just the way that we are. Can you think of something else? There are many things, but can you give us one more? Jesus, can you please take my sickness? Um, I'm not feeling very well. Can you just take my sickness? Jesus took our sickness on the cross. Isn't that amazing? He put an end to it. And so Jesus says, absolutely, Rosie. I take, I'm, I'm going to give you in exchange. You give me the sickness, and I'm going to give you health, and I'm going to give you healing, and I'm going to give you vitality. So... An amazing, amazing thing that Jesus did on the cross for us. And I, I can imagine that that day was quite a hard day for the people he loved, for his friends, for his family. And they probably were quite feeling a bit confused. What was going to happen? I mean, the person they loved, seeing him go through so much, tortured, betrayed. And I imagine that they felt, yeah, disillusioned, confused. What was going to happen? And guess what? Two days later... And this is what we celebrate on this very day today, on Easter Sunday. Jesus conquered death. He rose again. He put an end to death. Isn't that incredible? That the, the thing that we feel most scared about in life, he put an end to it. He said, no more. And we get to celebrate that on this day today. So Rosie's going to quickly show you something that you can do at home. Last year, we were all stuck in lockdown with Easter. And as a family, we made these Easter crosses. We put them on our Easter table. So go and find a long, thin, um, um, we used a dietes plant. Just have to be nice, long, thin, supple leaves. And Rosie's going to explain how to make a palm cross. So hello, guys. Um, I'm going to show you how to make a palm cross using any long, thin, narrow, flexible plant that you can find. So we're going to start off by um, making the size that you would like your palm cross to be. Preferably about the size of your hand or your parent's hand or whatever you're going to use. So you can make the size of the hand like this, as you can see. And you'll turn it over and you'll make a dent like that, folded across. Then you're going to make the one arm of, of the cross like this. And you're going to just fold it over so that you can see it like that there. So once you've done that, you're going to make the other side. And you're going to hold it tight. There we go. So just like that. And now you're going to fold it so that it can all stay together nicely. Fold it across like that. And you can pull it to make it tight and secure. Go around. You can wrap it around like this. And then thread it through. Um, if you want, there will be a, a YouTube link on the description. I know I'm going quite fast. Um, they're, not, they're actually quite challenging things to make. But yeah, check. There's my cross. So see if you can play around and fiddle a little bit. Um, go watch some YouTube videos. And this can be a cool decoration for the tables or um, a nice gift to give to a neighbor or a friend to wish them a happy Easter on this day. Thanks, Rosie. 
So they are quite tricky, but I, they're quite fun. So challenge yourself and see if you can go and get outside and make some crosses. So Easter eggs. I'm sure we're all thinking Easter eggs. I know my children love Easter eggs, and their favorite Easter eggs are these ones. You want to hold them, Rosie? The white hollow Easter eggs. These are our favorite ones. So Easter eggs, they are not really giving us a true reflection of the power and meaning of, of Easter, but they're it, they, they are used and can be used to explain the meaning behind Easter. And, you know, if you think about a white egg, a little egg like this, or even a hollow, a hollow egg, eggs are a symbol of life, okay? And inside an egg is a living chick, okay? But this living chick isn't living to its full capacity, and it's not living into its full um, potential until it breaks out of the shell and comes out and discovers the amazing world outside the shell. And it's a little bit like our relationship with Jesus, that Jesus, be before we get to know him, before we are born again, before we have accepted him and have invited him to come and live with us, to dwell with us, to be with us, we live a life sometimes very <sighs> in and out our shell. But you know what? Jesus says, that I want to come and give you abundant life. And this is what this Easter Sunday is all about. There is so much that Jesus has done for us. And sometimes we limit it and we put ourselves in a little box and we, we, we are shelled up. But God wants to break that open. And when we invite him to walk, to walk with us, when we invite him into our hearts and he comes to live with us, he breaks open so much for us. There is there's so much that Jesus wants to do through your life. There's so much that he wants to show you, talk to you about, tell you who you are. And, um, and that, that truly is, is, is what it is to, to know Jesus and to be walking with him. And so today, when you're eating your Easter eggs and when you have a big bite of your Easter egg and you break open the shell, think about that little chick that's suddenly about to really discover what is outside that shell. And I want you just to picture that in your mind and think, you know what, Lord, thank you for bringing me into life, into freedom. Thank you that I don't have to live in a, I don't have to live constrained and limited. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to feel confined by my loneliness and my sickness and my limitations. But God, you set us free. And that's all about what we're celebrating today. So Rosie, I asked Rosie just to talk a little bit about a scripture that we spoke about and what it means to her. So John 10 verse 10 says, The thief tries to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that to bring life, abundant life. So the scripture just shows us how the enemy tries to defeat us. Um, he tries to destroy us and break us down. He tries to make us apart from Jesus. But Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins so that we can be born again, so that we can, um, so that we can, um, so that we can live in freedom, so that we can live in freedom, so that we can experience the full glory, the, the fullness of, of Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, that's, that's what Jesus did on the cross. Um, he saved our sins so that we can live life in an abundant way. So I wanted to ask you guys, 
what is abundant life? And to me, abundant life means living in freedom, not rowing what other people's things, living in the moment, just, just being who you are, um, not afraid to, to have fun, to do the things you love, not rowing what other people think, not rowing what other people are going to think about you, if other people are going to like you, just, just living in abundant, just living in life abundantly, just living God's way, just living life the fullness, living in God's hands, just living in his everlasting and ever-failing love. Amen. That was amazing, Rosie. Well done. Um, so we are going to, what we're going to do now, I'm going to hold the mic, and Rosie is going to break open this egg. And I want you to, just to picture what we're doing as we're breaking open this egg. I want you to think about getting free and all that Jesus has done on the cross, that he defeated death. Think about the tomb that was rolled away, and Jesus came out of that tomb alive. And, 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 and I also just feel on my heart to encourage some of you that might, you may even feel like, you know what, you've become, life has made you hard. You've actually put a shell around you, and, and, and that shell has limited you. Maybe you've put a wall up because you felt insecure, or maybe you felt lonely, or maybe you felt sad, and you've, you've, you, you, instead of running to Jesus, you run to other things, and, you've, and other things have become a sense of safety. And Jesus says, no, come to me. My arms are safe. I'm the best place that you can, that you can find yourself in. So, Rosie, you're going to crack open the eggs for us. Let's crack them open. As a, as a symbol of what Jesus has done. Woo, got to be hot. Oh, there we go. Okay, should we do another one? Let's do another one. Awesome. So guys, break out of that shell. Jesus has come to set us free. He set us free from, the, from sin, from death, from sickness, from hopelessness. In him, there is abundant life. Go and taste the goodness of Jesus today. As you eat the chocolate, as you enjoy your chocolate, Enjoy the sweetness that that chocolate brings and think about the goodness of God and the goodness of being his child. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to go straight into um, some worship and um, yeah, just be encouraged. So Father, thank you today for our precious children and for their families. Father, we thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for the significance of the message of the cross, the victory that you have brought us, God. What an incredible victory that we carry, Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you've done. And Father, we pray. We pray that today hearts would be encouraged, hearts would be set free, hearts would be awakened to the abundant life that you have brought us, Father. Thank you for all that you have done. And as we go into the song, as we sing, as we celebrate you, as we worship you today, Father, may you be glorified in our lives. May you be celebrated, Jesus, for the King that you are. Amen.
Thank you that we can celebrate you today. Thank you that we can give you the highest place in our lives. That is our, that is our prayer. We desire that you would rule and reign in our lives. 
Thank you that because you first loved us, we can love you so much. And we want to celebrate the, the work that took place at the cross. May we never ever forget the power of the cross and how it can impact our lives. We, we worship you today. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rose from the dead the third day after he was crucified and he died 2,000 years ago. And a central point in our Christian calendar and also as children of God, we take time to, to quieten our hearts and just remember what Jesus has done for us. About a week ago, I spent some time reading through Luke 24. I wanted to prepare my own heart for this Easter weekend. And the Lord really spoke to me through uh, verses 1 to 35. And I'd like to, to encourage you and to welcome you to, to join me on this journey through Luke 24, verse 1 to 35. Would you get your Bibles out? And, and get ready to read with me. Um, we're going to just see how the, the Lord is going to encourage us today um, through this portion of Scripture. From verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Now, you'll see uh, in this chapter of 24, there, there are two moments that happen. There's a morning moment and there is an afternoon moment on the day, uh, the third day after Jesus was crucified. And we start off by reading about they, who were a, a group of women who went to the tomb. And we're going to be introduced to these ladies a little bit later. But they had taken their spices that they had prepared and the first thing that really struck my heart was these women returned to the tomb. And if I can put it in a different way, they returned to Jesus. These women were there on Friday. They saw the crucifixion. They saw Jesus die. They saw his body be, being taken down. And they saw him or heard of him being put into, into the tomb. These women were disciples of Jesus. They had experienced his friendship and been around him. Can you imagine what they must have been feeling on that weekend? They must have been devastated by what happened. I was thinking specifically about Mary Magdalene. She experienced Jesus in an incredible way. He delivered her from, from demons. He, uh, she experienced his forgiveness. She experienced his healing touch. Um, she was a disciple of his. She traveled with him. And she, she knew the love of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, who was part of this group of women, must have been in so much distress and sorrow. And how did they respond? The day after the Sabbath, on the third day, they returned to the tomb. Now, it must have been quite difficult for them. They woke up in early hours of the morning. They left the relative safety of their house. They would have had to leave the city. Would the gates have been opened? The climb up Mount Calvary was not necessarily an easy climb. 
they would have been, uh, they would have encountered some Roman soldiers plus a tomb that had been sealed with a boulder. Perhaps they were not even thinking about how they would have dealt with each of those moments, but their courage and their devotion to Jesus, the last place where they knew he was, that is what kept them going. They say that love knows no obstacles, and I think this is what this group of ladies demonstrated. So this, is, this really spoke to me. These ladies returned to Jesus. Verse 2, And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. My next point that I really took note of is they remembered his words. These two men were angels and they, uh, these are the two, two beings that the, the group of women encountered. The angels encouraged them and said, remember his words. And where it says there in uh, verse 8, they remembered. If you look at the original Greek verb, it's, it's in the, 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 the present tense. It's, it was speaking about how these women didn't just remember what the angels were saying. They remembered the very words of Jesus. And, and I thought about that. I'm sure that with this moment of truth and this encouragement that they received, they were thinking back to the teachings of, of Jesus. They were thinking back to the moments where they possibly sat with him around a fire and how he encouraged them in their lives. That is, is the, the remembrance that they had. They were reminded about the words of Jesus. And I think that at this point, they possibly got a greater understanding of what Jesus had said when, when he said, I will rise on the third day. When they were taking that hike up Mount Calvary and getting to the tomb, perhaps their thoughts were clouded and they were not certain about what the outcome was going to be. But at this moment, they remembered what Jesus had told them. How often do we forget the promises of God in our lives? Life gets busy, our circumstances become crazy, and then we forget the words of Jesus that have been spoken to our lives. In verse 9 it says, And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman, here we are introduced to them, with them who told these things to the apostles. The, the next part that really struck my heart was they reported the good news to the disciples. I mean, these women must have been ecstatic. Can you imagine them? Yeah, they've been sorrowful walking up to the tomb. They've encountered these 
uh, angels and they've had this incredible moment of revelation where they've remembered what Jesus had, had spoken. Now they are racing back to tell the other disciples. I mean, they must have outspoken each other, trying to give an account of what had happened. Surely the disciples would have shared in their joy. I mean, can you imagine the conviction that would have been in their voices? I'm sure they would have been able to, uh, they would not have to have tried to persuade people. They, there was something burning in their hearts. But in verse 11, it says the following, but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they, the disciples, did not believe them. What? The disciples did not believe them. That almost seems very difficult to understand. The disciples were unconvinced. They still didn't understand. They didn't believe them. Yes, later on, they, they did believe because Jesus appeared to them in the flesh, in, in the room. But at this very moment, the, the woman returned to the tomb, the group of women, to, uh, to Jesus where they thought he would be. They were reminded of the, the words, the life-giving words of Jesus. And they went back and they reported this good news. But the disciples did not believe them. I'm just going to stop then and come back to, to that point. What I want to do now is to go into the, the second part of chapter 24, which talks about these two disciples on the road to, to Emmaus. And let's read together from verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas, he answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? They said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. I want to read that again. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but he did, but they did not see. So here we see these two disciples returning to, to Emmaus, and at first they missed the significance of what had happened because they were so focused on their circumstances 
They were so focused on their disappointments and their problems. And you know what? I, I think perhaps they were actually disappointed in Jesus. We read that in verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They had this picture in mind that Jesus was going to be possibly this political military leader who was going to, to help free the nation and, and be their leader. So in their minds, the disciples had thought that Jesus and God were going to work things out in a certain way, but it didn't happen the way that they thought. They were disappointed. They were so disappointed that they did not even recognize Jesus join them on their journey. They were also walking in the opposite direction to Jerusalem. So in the first part of, of chapter 24, we read about how these women returned to the tomb and, and as I said, to Jesus. And here these disciples were not returning. They were retreating from Jerusalem, or let's say inverted commas, from Jesus, if I could say it in that sense. And, and we can see the comparison between the, the group of women and these two disciples. So we are likely to miss Jesus and withdraw from the strength found in other believers when we become preoccupied with our dashed hopes and frustrated plans. These two disciples were retreating from Jerusalem where all of the believers and the, the disciples were gathering together. And there's strength when we are together as believers. Verse 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones, this is Jesus speaking, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning, concerning himself. What was Jesus doing here? Okay, he did, I mean, it, it may seem quite harsh that he called them foolish ones, but I'm sure that in that moment, they, they experienced something uh, with the love that was coming from Jesus, that even though he was speaking quite harshly, that they were interested in, in, in what he was saying to them. Jesus was trying to remind them about the promises of God. He was trying to remind them and reintroduce them to the Christ. He referred back to scriptures. He talked about the prophets and Moses and he, he interpreted the scripture to them. Again, we can see a, a comparison to what happened in the first part of verse 24 where the angels encourage the woman to remember the words of Jesus. Here, Jesus is reminding these disciples, don't forget about what was written. We can see his heart here. He was possibly trying to guide them out of their, their uh, sadness and their confusion and try to lift them out of their circumstances. Verse 28, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, and he blessed, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Verse 31, And their eyes were opened, 
and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Isn't this a beautiful picture? Can you see what is happening here? Jesus returned to the disciples. He found these two disciples who were maybe distracted and, and leaving. And he found them. He returned to them. So as the woman returned to Jesus, yeah, we see Jesus returning to the disciples. This is the love of God where he finds us despite our circumstances. He, he loves us so much that he will come and return to us. He walked with them. He took time to encourage them from Scripture. He reminded them. And then here, the, these disciples, they said, while we were walking and while he was talking us, to us, did not our hearts burn? So they started to remember. They were reminded of the life from these words of Jesus. He then broke bread with them and he shared a meal. This is such a true reflection of who Jesus is and how he loves us. He, he wants to find us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to encourage us. Their eyes were opened and their hearts burned when he spoke to them. How did they respond? Verse 33, and they rose that same hour. They didn't wait till morning. Straight away, immediately, they rose and they returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road. If I can put my own word in there, they reported the good news. As the woman had done in the first bit of the chapter, these two disciples, they had reported what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. They reported the good news, where they were maybe misled in their circumstances and they were, uh, they, they, they were not happy people. Jesus came in and he, he healed their hearts. He brought life. He, he spoke into their situation, and they reported good news. Isn't, isn't this a beautiful portion of Scripture? This is what took place on the first uh, Resurrection Sunday, the first Easter Sunday, if I, if I can call it that, where people experienced Jesus. And I would love to encourage us all today that this pattern that we see here in Scripture, we can apply to our lives on a daily basis. We can return to Jesus Every day, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night, we can remember the promises that he has given us. We, we do that by reading his word. We do that through fellowship and encouraging one another. And we should go out and tell the good news. When Jesus does a work in our lives, when, when that resurrection power um, comes into our lives and, and manifests itself in our situations, we, we should be reporting the good news to those around us. I would like to conclude today um, leading us to a time of communion. 
and I'm hoping that you've all prepared uh, the elements, your, your bread and your juice. And I would love for, for us to take a moment today and with this portion that we have read and we have, we have really contemplated and, and thought through, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, would you in your hearts be honest with yourself? Would you open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Where do you find yourself today? Do you, are you maybe disappointed in certain areas of your life and, and even disappointed with Jesus? Are you at a place where you are not even in relationship with Jesus? Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. He died so that we could be reunited with our Heavenly Father. The, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, He overcame every price that needed to be paid so that we could be reunited with our Heavenly Father. And perhaps there were moments as we went through the scripture that the Lord really highlighted on your heart. Would you, would you take those moments now and bring them before Jesus? The two disciples, as that day ended, Jesus sat down with them and he took, he broke bread. He basically communed with them. And it was in that moment that their eyes were opened and their hearts burned. And I want to pray for us today that as we, as we take communion together, allow Jesus to open your hearts and your eyes. Allow him to heal any area of your life that, that may have experienced disappointment. He, he knows your situations. He knows who you are. But I, I, I want to just encourage you that we can experience the life of Jesus today because he has paid that price. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid. Your body was broken. Your blood was shed. Lord, what, what you went through and the price that you paid was extreme. Lord, but we know that it was your love for us that took you to the cross and that allowed you to endure that. Lord, as we have read this morning, we, we want to return to you. Forgive us for when we do retreat, when our circumstances overwhelm us. Lord, we, we, we repent of that today, but we want to return to you today, Jesus. Jesus, we, we want to be reminded. We want to remember not only the word that we read in, in the Bible, but the encouraging words that you have spoken to us in, in the years past. We have all experienced an encouraging moment with you, Jesus, whether that is through an encouragement from someone else or whether it is through a quiet moment by ourselves in our room. But we want to remember today. Holy Spirit, would, would you bring back to remembrance? And thirdly, Jesus, I pray that as you do this incredible work in our lives, that we would go and we would report the good news to those around us. May we be like those, those women who were ecstatic and they could not hold the, the joy that was within them. May, may we go out with that and encourage those around us. 
Thank you, Jesus and Holy Spirit, that you, you minister to us as we partake of communion now.
Thank you, Lord, for this incredible time together. Lord, I pray that we would continue to go and, and looking for you, Lord, that we would return to you at every possible opportunity. Lord, that we would remember your words that, that you have shared with us, Lord, through our lives and especially again on this weekend, the words of salvation, the gospel message of hope, Lord, and that we would go and retell of the goodness of God. That we would go and retell to the world how amazing you are. And we ask that this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Well friends, that concludes our online gathering this morning and it concludes our Easter celebrations for this weekend. Now next week we will have an incredible special moment. The great news is we are gathering again in person as a church on Sunday. But this time around it's not just every nation Sam's West gathering Together, we are going to gather with our Every Nation Zola family, our Every Nation Kailicha family, this time around also our Every Nation Adelaide and Every Nation Bedford family from the Eastern Cape are joining us. We've got our friends down with the ministry in Strand joining us. We've got our friends from Solaris Pass joining us. So next Sunday is going to be a massive celebration of the unity as one church that Christ has bought for us by His precious blood. We will send you all the needed details throughout this week. They don't want to give that to you today because you're going to forget. But throughout the week, we will clearly communicate. So next week, Sunday morning, we will gather as one church. And it will take place in Zola as it has over the past few years. And I want to charge you and, and, and ask of you to make every effort to be there. We have so much to celebrate. And the Zola moments and our combined services has always been a highlight of celebrating Christ as one united people. So be there next week. Don't miss out. Kids, bring your parents along. It's going to be an incredible time. They'll be dancing and singing and praising Jesus and just a time of celebration. Don't miss out. And it'll be next week from 9 o'clock to about 10.30. Details will come. I bless you this morning with a greater revelation of what Christ has done for us over this weekend. And as you go into this week, may you just experience the close comfort of His Holy Spirit and just know that the life that Christ has for us, the resurrection life, is filled with incredible adventures around every bend. So be blessed as you leave today.